Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of copper found under the nutrition section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin by discussing copper deficiency. Causes of copper deficiency may include excess zinc. Remember that elevated levels of zinc induce increased expression of metallothionine. Metallothionine functions to bind various metals preventing their absorption into the body and sequesters them in the intestinal cells. Metallothionine has a greater affinity for copper than zinc, so increased levels of metallothionine result in binding and sequestering of copper, leading to a copper deficiency. Symptoms of copper deficiency depend on a function of what enzymes require copper. Peroxidase, for example, catalyzes the oxidation of iron from Fe2 plus to Fe3 plus, so copper deficiency may result in microcytic anemia. Lysyl oxidase cross-links the collagen fibers, so this results in poor wound healing and aortic dissection. Disorders in copper handling include Wilson's disease and Menke's disease. As a reminder, Menke's disease is an X-linked gene mutation in ATP7A. This is an ATP-dependent copper efflux protein. It is also known as Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome type 9. So there is an inability of enterocytes to release absorbed copper, and there is then copper at toxic levels in the small intestine and kidneys, and copper in the circulation and in the brain is at a low level. Symptoms include that it may present like a copper deficiency. There may be seizures, failure to thrive, and neurodegeneration. There is also steel-colored and brittle hair. This is due to the role of copper in metalloprotein lysyl oxidase, which cross-links the collagen for added strength. And at low serum concentrations of copper, this enzyme cannot function. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to copper, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 14-year-old Caucasian male patient found to have low serum copper, high urine copper, and low serum ceruloplasmin is placed on penicillamine for management of his genetic disorder. Which of the following is least consistent with this patient's clinical picture? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Kinky, easily breakable hair. Choice 2. Cirrhosis. Choice 3. Hemibolismus. Choice 4, corneal deposits, or choice 5, Parkinson-like symptoms. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, kinky, easily breakable hair. The clinical picture and treatment with penicillamine are consistent with Wilson disease. Kinky, easily breakable hair is a feature of Menke's disease, another copper transport disorder associated with growth failure, seizures, and developmental delay. The genetic mutation responsible for Wilson disease impairs copper trafficking within hepatocytes. This leads to copper accumulation within hepatocytes since the main routes of copper export are via the bile and the bloodstream bound with ceruloplasmin are impaired. Eventually, this excess copper accumulates and causes tissue damage. Penicillamine A copper chelating agent functions by removing excess, loosely bound serum copper. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. 
cirrhosis develops in Wilson disease due to hepatic damage from copper-generated free radicals. Choice 3. Hemipolysmus develops in Wilson disease as a result of copper deposits in the subthalamic nucleus. Choice 4. Copper deposits in the cornea result in Kaiser Fleischer rings, which is a pathognomonic physical finding of Wilson disease. And choice 5. Parkinson-like symptoms result in Wilson disease due to copper deposits in the putamen. That's all for this review about copper. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.